Hi there, I'm Ruth Parker from Alexander Associates and I'm delighted to be able to bring you the next in our series of podcasts highlighting the careers of successful women in engineering with our She's an Engineer campaign. In this episode, I'll be diving into the career of Sharon Wormsley, Director at Ashran Consulting. Sharon and I have known each other for many years and it's a pleasure to have her with me today to discuss how she's advanced her career in engineering working her way up through progressively more senior roles to now a director of her own business. It's great to have her here. Thank you very much You're for welcome. agreeing to take part and travelling down to see us. Um, just wanted to start off talking a little bit about your early career. So you didn't do the A-levels, university, you did an apprenticeship, electrical apprenticeship, no, no, actually. So I did do A-levels. Okay. Yeah, so right. I actually do have maths, physics and chemistry A-levels. Wow. Which is sort of why I am in engineering. Right. But um, when I was 18, that's when I became a trainee engineer. Right, okay. And I okay. was at Fox's Biscuits. On the controls side. So so literally, Fox's Biscuits, a factory. Yeah. Um, so not the Batley one that in Yorkshire, but they had um, a sister company in Kirkham. So right. I grew up in Lancashire. Um, so very engineering company, yeah. um, you know, well, county with BAE systems, Springfield's BNFL. Yes. Yep. And um, Fox's Biscuits had um, um, an advert, really, for a trainee engineer. Yeah. So it wasn't just electrical. It was actually mechanical. Right. Um, electrical and wrapping fitting. So that's that's um, that's where you started. Yeah. yeah. And what was the reason that you because you could have done lots of things with those A-levels, but you decided to go into engineering. Why? What was the spark? Where did it come from? Well, um, engineering wasn't necessarily where I thought it was going. Okay. I'll be very honest with you, um, because I was very strong at art and history. Okay. But probably growing up um, in a town that was very engineering disciplined, I don't know why, why I didn't think they would be a career path, really. But um, And so I, I was good at maths. Yeah. Um, liked chemistry, thought physics would go with them. Yeah. And so that's why I ended up doing really mass physics and chemistry A-levels. Right. And I did think about going to university, which is like you say, is yeah, sometimes a route. Yeah, the standard route. route. Yep. Um, but I don't know why I never explored it more myself, but it was things like my parents were saying, oh, well, it'd be very expensive to go to university. Yes. So that was, so when I finished my A-levels, yep. that's really when, rather than looking for a university route, that's really when I decided to look for a job. Yeah. Not a career, a job. Yeah, okay. I want to earn some money. What job shall I do? And yeah. so you took the trainee role. So what does, so is that is that different from an apprenticeship, a trainee engineer? Um, it, it fundamentally, it's very um, like an apprenticeship. It's almost identical. I went right. through the exact same path that an apprentice would do, except I was 18 and not 16. Yep. Which today, is would be the, the role yeah um i um basically it was a full year away at college right doing the f um in the engineering workshops doing the filing on the lathes doing right. the welding wow doing the turn anything and all engineering based yeah um night school yeah. as well and not only that i had to go into the factory on a saturday as well because um because it was a biscuit factory that's yeah. when they did all the maintenance work right so um when the so literally, I had did um, EITB right. apprenticeship, full yep. indentured, all the skill sets. Uh, had the EITB come in and assess me, kept all my logbooks. So it was proper apprenticeship. Yes, it wasn't you know um, 
anything, anything other than an apprenticeship. They definitely really. got their money's worth, obviously, if you were working six days a week. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. did they take on more than one trainee engineer at a time? They did. They took on two. And w <laughs> I'm guessing the other one was probably a man and yes. yeah. not a woman. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So one man. One girl. And the company you were working in, was it very male dominated or were there other women working in the business in the engineering side? So the engineering side was very traditional, but the factory itself had lots of women yeah. there. Yeah. So you can imagine um, the whole scene of making biscuits involved all disciplines, yeah. all people, all walks of life. Yeah. Um, but the engineering side itself was very um, traditional. We even had a chief engineer. Right. Who had a secretary. Right. Yeah, there were typewriters there. Um, and then we had um, electrician leads. Um, they called them heavy mechanical and right. wrapping fitters. So there were, that was very yeah. uh, male dominant. And I just remembered they even had a maintenance section, a painter and a carpenter. Right. So you couldn't get more traditional no. to a, a maintenance department in the late 80s. Than Amazing. That. Yes. And, and did you work kind of all different areas yes you so you've got to experience everything within the engineering side within the engineering side yeah, yeah. so i would be on rotation yeah um so when i wasn't at college i would be on rotation with either the fitters as they're called yeah the electricians or the wrapping fitters yeah so um yeah so i would be um with one of one of those on my general duties yeah so when i came in at the weekend when i was at college i'd be appointed to one of those um, do exactly the same work that they would be um, done do um, and yeah so yeah all, all elements of it really and um, was there one bit that you thought because you said it was it was a job rather than a career choice at the time when did it switch from being oh, okay so this is quite interesting this suits this skills that I've got the okay this this is can be my career or did it just kind of no it just I took the next job and the next job and it went from there I think gen I think I have to say I never saw it really as a career path and I probably still don't see it as a career path but I see it as a job that I really love it's a vocation yes you know it's a yeah. vocation I found something that I like doing and you're very good at well, thank you very much <laughs> um, I found something I like doing um, there's so many things you have to do problem solve you know you, no day is the same yeah particularly when you're working on a project you know they you there's Two days are not the same, really. It's a different thing you might be building. It's different yeah. people you might be building it with. So, yeah, I, I, I love doing it, yeah. um, which is why I still do it, really. Yeah. So it's the job I, I love, love really. Yes. And so you were at Fox's Biscuits for how long? So three years. Right, okay. Yeah. And then you kind of got all the knowledge you needed and you moved on to... Who, where did you go next? So I went to a company called Orton Automation. Right. Which is a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. And they um, did work for Northwest Water. Okay. And that's really my first introduction yes. to the water industry. Yeah. So they were quite at the heart of um, Birchwood, which mm -hmm. is in War Warrington. And so Northwest Water, as they were, the United Utilities, Utilities. Yeah. they had their head office there. And mm -hmm. Auton Automation, which is still talking to was um, basically on their doorstep. Yeah. So they did a lot of work for, With them. for them, yeah. And did you... Was there a, oh, I love the water industry moment. Was that what it was? Is that why your career kind of stayed in that sector? It's, it stayed dominantly in, in the water industry. Yeah. Um, there's probably a few jobs I did for, for them that were outside of it. Um, yeah. Basically um, chemicals yeah. um, elements of it. But even, all of their work was 
pretty much with the water industry to the extent where, I mean, as a, a young trainee, I was actually on the team and we built a brand, brand new water treatment works. Wow. We dis I mean, their discipline was electrical. So yeah. I did come from the engineering background of um, Fox's Biscuits mm -hmm. to more core discipline of electrical. Yep. And in there, they, they did the whole turnkey, the MCC designs, the electrical designs, the PLC software. Everything. So again, again, yeah. in a hub where I had lots of people I could um, learn off. Yeah. And be like a sponge, really. And were there, that was it still very male dominated or were there more women working in engineering at, at that company? So let's see, this was 91. Um, there was an amazing chap, had a big desk opposite mine. He had an ashtray on his desk. His name was Reg and he loved to smoke his cigars. So this was like the environment we were in. Yes. It was, um, and there was a typing pool. Yep. You know, so again, it's it's almost like the 1950s. But um, um, no, very, it's still very traditional. Yeah. Um, there were women there actually in engineering in CAD. Right. Not, yeah. not engineering as I was yeah. in engineering. So you weren't on the kind of tools as such now. You were more on the design side Correct, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was was that real technical side on the design? Was that interesting? Was that challenging? Was that kind of another challenge? Yeah. Again, um, base, basically having to to we were building the entire scheme. So I was working with all the engineers, some fantastic engineers. Yeah. Um, and we were using databases then, which wasn't really heard of. And in actual fact, um, the software that we use day in day out now for sizing cables. Yeah. Um, our project was the first ever that we used that for, for Northwest right, Water. Okay. So I was, what would I be, about 21, 22 there, had this big desktop on my on my desk, yep. you know, computer. And I, we agreed with the client to use this software on the proviso that we actually did a percentage of all the calculations by hand. Right. That was my job. Okay. Um, you know, I had other engineers that could um, support me on that. Yeah. But um, the interesting thing was we were finding errors in the software and we were going back to the software manufacturer. Well, I was finding the errors in the software. Um, Saying your software's made this mistake. Yeah. You, you need to fix it. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. I was almost on the phone with them to yeah. like, fix it. But yeah, so, I mean, I had a whole project where... I and that software still being used it's now. Amtec, it's Amtec software. Oh, is it? So right, um, okay. in the 90s, it was a DOS-based system. Right. So um, now it's all... Yeah. Fancy. Are you still you're still not finding mistakes with the? Uh, um, look, I don't have to use that software anymore. No, no. I can delegate. <laughs> and so I obviously have worked with you as a project manager. So when did the switch from being very technically led more into project management happen, and and why did that happen? Kind of what was there a light bulb moment or actually this is what I want to do or did it just kind of your career progressed in that direction and oh here we are we're doing project management now I think uh, very much that it was more a, a natural progression yeah um more people giving me more responsibility um and I'm me happy to take it yes um and I think also when you do take more project management roles you get more of a say on how things turn out yep so I'm very interested in the end product yep you know what what I'm building so I, I tended to find that if I did take on that responsibility it gave me more influence on the output yes whereas if I was just on a technical role um, not that say of somebody else but it was difficult more difficult to influence the outcome yeah whereas if you take on that responsibility in those roles you get a, a lot more say in how the outcome turns out so it was mainly that really yeah and do you think um, being a woman there were were there times when 
you actually know that you were being treated differently because of your gender? Was there any kind of real barriers that were related to, well, I'm a woman and I'm a project manager and you're, why aren't you listening to me? Why isn't this happening? And it was because you were a woman or was it just the, the whole project management was difficult? Um, if I think if I was to say I hadn't come across somebody who found it difficult because I was a woman, I'd probably be just denying, you know, lying to myself. Yeah. But if you think about it, I've worked over 30 years in the construction industry, water industry, and there are a handful, me personally. So I've, been, I've, I've put it down to I've been very fortunate or it's my personality. I don't give a monkeys. Yeah. You know, so or I'm just quite strong willed and you have that opinion. I have this opinion. And, yeah. Like battle commence. Yeah. <laughs> as it were. Yes. Or not that they were battle, but yeah, I'm not afraid of um, the job. Yep. I'm not afraid of what it is we have to do. I might be afraid of other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, as when it comes to the engineering, I just know. Um, you know your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And so you really need to listen to me because what I'm saying is correct. And yeah. that kind of that mindset gets you to the end goal, which is the delivery of the project. Yeah. And I'm not to say I haven't found it difficult where I've had to be patient. Yeah. Um, to for people maybe to catch up with how I see things. Yeah. But that I don't wouldn't couldn't say that was down to my gender. That might be but down to how I perceive things differently or I yeah. might have been a little bit on the on a different curve to they were. Yeah. So um but yeah, there's been people, um, but they make a tech they were hard work to everybody, not yeah. just me. Yeah. So thinking about the construction projects that you've worked on, and there have been some huge construction projects that you've been involved with. Um, could, were there, has the, from when you started your career, when you think about where you've been in the last, let's say 10 years, have you seen the number of women working in construction um, increase? Or is it just, because I see it's been quite static. I haven't seen a huge more amount of women being interested in engineering. Um, or one of the problems is, especially if people go off and have children, they don't tend to come back into engineering. Have you seen it get better? Um, or actually, it's, we're the same as we were kind of 20, 25 years ago. I, I think in the UK, if I was going to take a view, I think in the UK, we're not expanding it. As, yeah. as much when I've worked on projects which have been not international but have had international parties involved yes then um, for instance when I was working in in London yep. on you know the Lee Tunnel yes that had a huge amount of um, women involved in it right okay from all ranges um, but the com the parent companies that were involved in that joint venture were you know were French and Spanish yes and they didn't see any difference no you know women were just very uh, the way I perceived it is women just take on roles there and they were seen as equals yeah um, and I so maybe from you know from my own personal experience I think probably on a British level a UK level yeah that you don't tend to see see a lot so certainly when I was working on that project I mean I remember a, a time when we were actually had had a meeting and there were seven people in that meeting it was a meeting I was chairing, and five five were women, yeah, and two were men. Wow! So it was a proper that's role incredible because that is unheard unheard of. And there were women, you know, of a, a senior role, one in charge of the piling, one Brilliant. in charge of in the so very heavy construction. Yeah, um, you know, and so that's probably the one experience when I was yeah. working on that project. There were. There were lots of women Which there. was an incredible project yes, to be was. involved with. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing project. Yeah. And so why why is that? Why are we so 
bad at promoting engineering in schools because we are useless at it. And one of the things that I've spoken about before is that I had no idea engineering existed when I was yeah. at school. I was yeah. told I should have been a teacher because I was really good at English. So go and be a teacher. <laughs> I would never have been a teacher. And then I ended up working in recruitment um, and the world of engineering was opened up to me. And I suddenly thought, wow, I would have loved to have known that this career was even available yeah. and even out there. And I don't I think it's changed a little bit, but I still don't think there is enough that is talked about in schools or just engineering is talked about as a subject enough for people to go, oh, I could do that as a career. That could be a job for yeah. me. Um, I just wonder why we're so bad at it. I, th I think maybe we see roots into engineering is through A-levels. Yeah. A-levels and, and degrees. And degree, yeah. Um, and I don't think that's the right route, personally, because yep. I think by the time you've gone through your A-levels, by the time you've gone through a degree, yep. by the time then you're looking for work, maybe you might fall out of love with it. If you're yes. not really, you've not really got to the elements of engineering, which are the fun bits, yep. the doing. Yep. Um, so it, it'd be nice to think that the the changing philosophy that we're experiencing now, where you know, apprenticeships yes. are becoming the norm because I think we had a period where everybody must go to university yeah I think now it's like and, and, it, and university is not for everybody no I mean I do have a degree now I have a master's yes. you know I've done that off you know you did off that my own back. back yeah yeah um but when I went into my ap apprenticeship I was like oh my god I'm getting paid to learn yeah I'm getting paid to learn somebody's paying me to go to school yeah and that really made me think about what I was doing when I was at school. Yeah. Was, um, so if I went turned up to college, like uh, you know, um, and didn't put full effort in to my classes, really I was letting my employer down. Yeah. So very much a sense of duty that somebody was paying me to actually learn. Um, you know, and I still hold that true now. Uh, that's why I like working what I do. So if I want to learn something, I've worked hard. I'm going to pay myself to, yeah. to learn it. So I think. I think the, the apprenticeship route could be a fantastic yes. avenue for, you know, for for young girls, young women to yeah. get into engineering because you can actually get closer to what it is that you'd be doing when you come out of university anyway. Yeah, and I think there is this perception that, um, you know, I, I know I was told to be a teacher because I wasn't very good at maths. Bless her, she's not very good at maths. So you, there's so many things you can't do because you can't do maths very well. But I just, uh, I think a lot of people, if you're told at school you can't do yeah. maths, then you just believe, well, obviously I can't do maths then. So you don't achieve in that subject, which then apparently means you can't do this, this and this career. Um, so yeah, hopefully the yeah. apprenticeship route, more people looking at it, more companies offering it. I think that's the other thing, you know, everybody has graduate training programs, yeah. but actually now they are taking on more and more apprenticeships. So maybe that will will change things for the hopefully future. Hopefully it will, yeah. you know, because you, you're learning from the ground floor upwards, from the tools, yeah. then you learn the theory, you know, and, and I think you can fall in love with what it is you're building rather yeah. than actually worry about the theory behind it. Yeah. Then you learn the theory. Have you got some real, I mean, talk about the Lee Tunnel project, that, was that the real hide so far in your career or has there been a, another project that for different reasons has been, no, that was the one. Uh, I mean, there was the Southeast Water project that you worked on that had its own set of, of challenges. Challenge. <laughs> um, so was there, has there been any one project that you've thought, yeah, this was this is the career high good question um i mean i've had three pinnacle projects i think so 
lead tunnel, working on the lead tunnel was great. Yeah. Um, working, I mean, that was really heavy engineering. Yes. Cranes below ground. Yeah. Like, you know, building tunnels below London. Yeah. That was just amazing. And every everything that you touched was like the size of this room or, you know, yeah. or bigger. So that was great. And working with the quality of people there was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Kelleher, you know, yeah. had, it was an interesting job for its own challenges. You know, yeah. I went in there quite late into that project and had yeah. to turn it around. So that was it's a challenge. But I think um, probably one of the first jobs that you got for me, which was great billing. Yes. Um, yeah, with Imtech. You know, with Imt it? Yeah, yeah. Imtech. Yeah. And that was in a joint venture with Gallifrey Tri. Anglian Water. Yes, yeah. it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that was, that was using new technology. Yes. So, um, you know, I was in charge of a brownfield site so it was one of the probably the few projects where I've been able to um, start on the ground yeah um, we had a blank piece of paper but the client knew what they wanted to do yeah they had you know 30 million pounds to do it um, and you know we we built that project um, and I get excited about you know three engines running producing green electricity and everything so yeah so some real career highs some real projects to be involved in yeah and one of the things that um, we often talk about is the importance of a mentor or someone to inspire to. And again, that's another area that is very difficult for women in engineering because there sometimes yeah. isn't somebody that you can look at and go, wow, look what they've achieved. I want to get there. So we've been talking about the role that men play in yeah. championing women in engineering. Um, and You've worked with Matt Sutton um, on a number of occasions, and I know how much he champions you um, in the, the work that you do. Has there been how important do you think that role model is, or um, somebody that did you have someone that you looked to and thought, okay, I can do that? Well, certainly I can do that. You, cer you certainly have got a, a few experiences, but. I think going back to when I actually started in engineering, I mean, the reason I probably got into engineering is the gentleman who interviewed me at the biscuit factory, Pat Quinn was his name, you know, and he was a real champion for, for, for me to, to be in that factory, right. in that role, right. you know, because that would have been the first in 1988 yeah. or 89. Yeah. You know, we was, I was the first female engineer that they'd had. Amazing. Uh, you know, and I still, the words still echo in my ears that he, he told me, I remember him saying to me, I don't expect you to know everything, but I expect you to know where to find it. And even to this day, those words echo because I'm going, OK, I don't know that, but who knows? Who knows? So yeah. he's really had an influence on, yeah, amazing. on me. And he, and he was a champion because otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have even been here now yeah. talking about it. I might have been, you know, and the other career that I could have gone down was lab, you know, labs, you yeah. know, because I had a job offer there. Yeah. So, you know, it was down to Pat that and the trip that he took me around the biscuit factory was where I was like, wow, this is amazing. We're making something. And he was probably um, enthusiastic about what he was doing. And that just is, you know, inspires you to someone's enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had a daughter and he wanted his, his daughter to aspire to be yeah. something too. And, you know, brilliant. So yeah, it was good. You know, and, and Matt has, has been a big champion of me you know yeah he's put me in some difficult jobs to sort out yes. for him yes <laughs> so as you know thank you yes <laughs> but yeah you, you you do that all through your career I mean um, I can remember one particular story I mean I was in electrical contracting I was working on a pumping shaft where we we're doing all the it was building services and I had for like 40 electricians working for me and I'm trying to get decisions out of these um, two gentlemen working for the construction company 
and you know I've had a difficult day and yeah. they, they couldn't make a decision and I just remember going home going I can do that job yeah <laughs> and I applied yeah. and that's how again I got into um, construction from Amazing. that really just not that they were you know doing anything wrong but I just thought I can do there that. is no reason I can't yeah. do that job so, yeah, so yeah I see something I think oh I could do that yeah and if you could travel back in time um, and sit down and have a conversation with yourself at 20 years or something what advice would you give yourself oh my god it might be a long conversation <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think the message um, probably a couple things is Probably the messages you tell yourself are the most important. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you believe in something, then you should keep working at it. Yeah. Um, and also, I think when you, you come across people that don't always agree with you, it's not because of who you are. It's sometimes it's that they're afraid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've, it's taken me a long time to, to know who I am. Yes. Yeah, um, and that comes with time. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, people people um, are sometimes insecure. Yeah, and it's not about you. So you know, you keep telling yourself the messages. Yeah, only you can make yourself feel the way you do. So if you're having a bad day, don't let anybody put that on you. You know, yeah. you have a good day. Yeah, absolutely. So. so um, not necessarily the great message, but it'd be a, we've had lots of conversations, me and myself, yeah, <laughs> along yeah. the way, yeah, because so, uh, I've had some tough challenges for sure. And have there been occasions where you've just thought, enough now, I just, I'm, I can't do this anymore. This is, you know, there are too many challenges. Um, I've had some very, very tough situations, but that's mainly because the situation's been tough. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll go and look in the mirror. You know, I have a word with myself. Yeah. Um, talk to myself. Yeah. Take on the uh, superhero pose. Yeah. Hands on hips. Yeah. Change, change your posture. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many things. Um, you know, like yoga can like make you feel stronger. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've never. That's one of my traits. I think um, I don't give up. Yeah. Um, like a little Jack Russell. Determination. Yeah. Yeah. Like little Jack Russell. You know, I yeah. think you know somebody might quote. I might have said they think that's going to put me off they've got another thing coming I'm yeah. going back in yeah <laughs> you know so yeah uh, yeah I've got quite um determined I don't like to let people down so if I've made a promise yeah I like to be able to keep the promise yeah. and see it through yeah um so yeah that's one of my traits really but um yeah been some tough situations yeah keep, and just keep going just really because I'm of the philosophy this sooner you get it done yeah the sooner it's done yeah I'm behind you I wonder how much you're treated differently because you're contract them permanent i think very few people actually know right so okay, um because when i go into um if you like a company to work i'm there to help the people that's take me on board yeah so whilst being contract allows me to not ride above um what the staff have to do it means i don't have to worry about that yeah. necessarily yeah um and there have been people that have been really shocked to find out that I am contract. Right. Because they genuinely thought I was staff. staff. Um, and that's rightly or wrongly I go in um, to be part of, to not, yeah. you know, divide and, con you know, yeah. divide people, but to bring them together. So if I act differently, you know, as like, oh, God, I'm contract, you know, then, you know, why should they respect me? Yeah. So, yeah.
there's a lot of um, talk, thank goodness, now about companies um, recognising how diversity is so important and we need people from different backgrounds, um, different religions, different everything to have a, um, you know, women in engineering, different communities so that we have better projects, more diverse projects. Is there, with the companies you've worked with over the years, are there somewhere you think, wow, that is what a brilliant idea. I wonder why more companies aren't doing that. Just things that other companies can learn from. Um, I'm not sure, sure about specifics, as in like why they're doing that. Um, but there's been certainly I've worked with Mark McDonald. Yes, and they come across as very you know in inclusive yeah. on on genders from my experience anyway. But uh, additionally, when I was on the Lee Tunnel, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Lee Tunnel, you know the Vancey partnership the um, they seem to have women in some very key roles. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I mean, they did. And they were, were they a French company? Is that one of the I think they were French, yeah. Yeah. Not okay. sure who owns them ultimately, but yeah. yeah, fancy, yeah. Yeah, so they, I wonder, they, I wonder what they do differently in France, maybe in education, to have people, maybe have just women more interested. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, the thing is, we, we all have these perceptions. Yes. Um, of who should do what roles. Yes. Um, I mean, I think, like I was this trainee apprentice, apprentice um, and I think it was not until about five years ago when I actually f saw a female electrician on site. So yeah. even 25 years yeah. after I've done it, it's still not, um, you know, coming into the norm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you do tend to see it more in house building um, and, and you know regular homes, but not in the construction industry. So I think maybe changing these mindsets that men do this, women yeah, do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just job for the boys. It is trying for people to see that actually anybody can do this job. And I yeah. think um, social media, love it or hate it, um, and I'm not a massive fan of social yeah. media. I think that is helping, though. That's the, one of the positives yeah. about it. It's helping people be seen in the jobs that they're doing. So um, there are um, women electricians, there are women plumbers, yeah. um, and look what you can do. Look, You can yeah. do this job because there's someone else doing it. I mean, you almost need those trailblazers. I think probably what you don't realise is that you were one and you are one. So people will be looking to you going, wow, she delivered the Lee Tunnel project. Maybe I could do Not that. Quite that Not, but I did okay. a bit. Yes, <laughs> a section of the Lee yeah, Tunnel every project. Helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think um, that's what I'm finding is the women that I'm talking to, in some way, they've been, a, they've had to be a trailblazer. They've had to be in the first. And um, so they don't think they realise actually you're the you're the mentor. You're the people. People yeah. are looking at you now um, to say, wow, okay. I, I can achieve that. I can do that job like you did with the men around you. Yeah. I can do that job. They've now got women in those roles that yeah. they can look to. I wonder if telling more of the stories, I mean, one of the stories that I didn't realise, um, Dame Shirley Stephanie, um, I just like picked up her book. Right. And I didn't realise that she ran um, a company of women working from home and they developed the software that's in the black box that was on Concord. <laughs> See, like, wow. I mean, how, why yeah. did we not know that story? No. No. And you just think, if, if more of those little snippets yes. of stories came out, you go, wow, that's good, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. And there's, and there's hundreds of them, yes. you know, you know, the women who did all the um, computers for NASA and yes. all the computers here. Yeah. There's, there's so, and Bletchley. Yeah. All of these stories, we really need to get out there yeah. so that we're changing the mindset. The perception. Yeah. yeah.
I've always had this little motto, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Yeah. And I think if more of us actually say, you know what, I'm going to make a difference. Yeah. I'm not going to rely on a company to make a difference. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to try. Knock on a door, get turned down. Knock on another door. Yeah. Eventually, somebody's going to open the door. You know, I'm still here, which means there yep. are enough doors to knock on, enough doors to yes. open. Um, so... I just don't think we should rely on other people to do it for us. Yeah, That's and I message. guess you've bashed some of those doors down, so now they can stay open for the next person, yeah. which is nice. I think that is a good message, actually, because we are actually, you know, representatives Yeah. when we're there. Um, so we do need to perhaps think a little bit more so than perhaps other colleagues may do yeah. about the impressions that we're making. Yeah. Because these are impressions that we are making on people that are making decisions. Yeah. So we do have a little bit of responsibility. Yeah. You know, so I had that responsibility when I was, you know, 18 in that factory. Yes. Um, I was yeah. at college. I was the only female there. And actually, I inspired um, ICI. I say that, but, you know, the ICI um, managers were coming in to see their apprenticeships and they saw me. And that inspired them yeah. to, you know, also take on some apprenticeships. So yeah, we are, we are, you know, yeah. a responsibility of what we do and how we act. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time um, to come and see us and share your career history with us and what you've achieved in engineering. And I think um, the other thing that I'm finding is the more women that I'm talking to is they actually have no idea um, how amazing the career has been and how inspirational they are. And I think you're a classic example of that. So um, you've got that self-determination, which means you've succeeded, but it means that other people won't have to be the first yeah. person to hit the door down. So thank you so much for coming all this way and talking to us. You're welcome. But I've got to say, I need to thank you because some of these opportunities you've actually created for me as well. So oh, let's never forget yeah. women and women. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast in our She's an Engineer campaign. Join me again for my next episode with Louise Bill, Technical Director at SLR Consulting.